is the podcast where we take our guests through the quirks of their retail habits, from their best of their bargains to the times they've been completely ripped off. Welcome to False Economy. Powered by Hot UK Deals, the UK's number one app for deals, discounts and freebies. I'm Vic Slayton, consumer champion, shopaholic and occasional comedian. And this is the first of a very short summer special false economy series. We're not like this morning. We're not going to take some weeks off, but they are going to be a bit shorter and a little bit different. I'm up in Edinburgh for the summer and I will be speaking to a handful of guests about their best and worst holiday summer spending habits. Without further ado, let's introduce our one guest today. Because, oh my God. I don't know if you've noticed, neither Paul or Andrew are here. I am on my own. I'm a sister doing it for myself. It's just me, me and comedian, all around Canadian genius, Leslie Ewan Burgess. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm all right, actually. (laughs) Uh, How has your summer been so far? We're into August. What's going on? Uh, Well, I'm, I'm at Edinburgh Fringe, as indeed are you. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, that's basically, I would say, what uh, the entire rest of my year rotates around. Very much is sort of that the thing within, certainly within stand-up comedy and probably within a lot of the performing arts is just everything is about Edinburgh Fringe. Everything is a sort of build-up. And it is extremely fun, but it, there is, it is a very interesting thing to be in the space that you think about the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I would definitely agree. Um, obviously, this is a money-saving, money-spending podcast and Edinburgh Fringe, most comedians will tell you, is probably, well, depending on what day you catch them, the best thing to spend money on or the biggest waste of money. So we're only four or five days in. How are you feeling about that? It is expensive. Um, but yeah, there's honestly, like I, I had sort of thought at some points along the way because this year seems to be particularly challenging because so does everything financially at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Certainly along the way, as I kind of thought, I was like, is this really worth it? Is this really going to, is this really going to be um, worth spending all this money on, worth with putting every sort of bit of money I find worth finding new ways of making money for? And yes, <laughs> like, if I wasn't here, what would I be doing? I would be sitting in London being sad that I wasn't in Edinburgh. So like it is. <laughs> We've been doing the same thing, basically trying to make it work this year because uh, the cost of living crisis is a very real thing. And uh, yeah, you've been sharing your vintage misadventures with me along yeah. the way. <laughs> like, very much, what could we sell? Yeah, very much texting each other, being like, let's meet up. But at the same time, I need to drop off this vintage parcel before I can do anything else because I need that six pounds. Like. <laughs> I do think it gives you a a definite sense of the value of money when you've sold things on Vinted, though, when you've got a profit of £4 and you've had to walk 10,000 miles to drop that parcel at the obscure pay point that you've never heard of that for some reason the buyer has decided they want to ruin your day with. It's When I buy a pint now, I do think, do I want this pint? It's a vintage purchase. Like, <laughs> Absolutely, yes. When I walk to Tesco Extra for 45 minutes through the desert in July, is this how I thought I would be spending that money? <laughs> Have you ended up sending any of them where you had to literally go into like an underground like parking garage to find the lockers? Because that was a particularly yeah. bleak moment in my vintage history. <laughs> That's a moment where you're like, is this definitely not a scam? Yeah, Are these exactly. lockers here? Am I getting murdered? Yeah. <laughs> if I was a criminal, I would hang around those lockers though particularly the amazon ones because you get some good stuff in there yeah. i'm not a criminal i'm not hanging around amazon lockers for the listener 
that. <laughs> Let's see how Edinburgh Fringe that's, goes. I mean, that's what all criminals say. <laughs> yeah, I paid £5 for a pint of Diet Coke recently and I'm not over it. That was, I sold two items on eBay that came to that accumulative total. I, I can't, I, I just can't live with it. <laughs> can't live it. But it's Diet Coke and I must keep drinking it or I will die. I'm like a shark that needs to keep swimming. So, uh, right. Here's how the summer specials are going to work. I, I'm sure you're an avid listener of the False Economy podcast, Leslie, so you know all about this. Um, we usually start with the best bargain you've ever got, but as it is the summer special, what's the best travel bargain you've ever got? Oh, that is a very good question. I <laughs> we, mean, we like a two together card, don't we? Yes, we do actually. Yeah, that was, that was actually, that was, yeah, Edinburgh <laughs> Fringe two years ago. Um, Vix and I, for the listener, <laughs> are very good friends. Two years ago, there was sort of a mini Edinburgh Fringe and, and your lovely host Vix was heading up to, to it, but was very kind and had a spare, a spare train ticket and offered me one, which is, which was what made the difference between my being able to come to Edinburgh Fringe for a few days and not. Um, but that ticket was bought on a two together rail card. For the listener, uh, what the two together rail card is, it costs thirty pounds. If you travel with somebody probably more than once in a year, <laughs> you, you get a third so. off travel with both with both people. You get a third off the travel, so it only really takes one trip, particularly in this current age, to pay for it. So I thought at the time they're not going to be sticklers for it, like. I bought two tickets. It doesn't matter how I've bought two tickets. And uh, we well, we were wrong, weren't we? We yes. got accosted almost immediately yes. by a lovely train guard. And uh, we, well, we, we really, we don't swear too much on this podcast, but we did shit ourselves, didn't oh, we? Oh, absolutely. We and it was like, yeah, and there was a real sort of moment of like, oh, oh, um, how, oh, let me, let me find the two together rail card. I have to find it. And I think the train guard kind of got what was going on. And so I ended up going, I'll give you some time to find the it. lie made it worse didn't it <laughs> the lie made it worse we could have just said real talk someone couldn't make it we've subbed someone else in on the ticket can be be kind to us yeah. but as soon as i lied in the panic we were a bit stuck with it so yeah he went off down the train <laughs> and and we scrambled <laughs> you were looking for a photo for the past for you <laughs> Using, of course, and then the, the signal went. Yeah, the, the train <laughs> Wi-Fi, which you know is lovely to have, but maybe not in a panic situation. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so we had a lovely year of having a two together rail card, which we never used again. So maybe that wasn't our best bargain ever. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you'd had to buy the ticket on the day, it would have been pretty expensive. So that, there is I that. think there even is, with yeah. the extra thirty pounds, yeah, we were still good. Yeah, I'm train married to so many people. I love the two together rail cars. <laughs> I loved our train marriage. I, I miss it really. Like I, I have I just know. a picture we of the two together rail car just framed in my flat. <laughs> <laughs> Just to frame this it was such a moment our special day but it was so annoying because he didn't come back because he correctly established i think that we did not have a two together rail card i was sweat. being kind but as, as we came up the train i wanted to show him i was like we've done all this yeah, admin just please, every time validate us. By, like, please come back we have something to show you wait 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 <laughs> um i actually on my my journey up this year which was only six days ago and feels like 225 years ago um but i am having a nice time <laughs> yeah. that sounds like i'm not i am um 
on my dirt my journey up here when I, I <laughs> when I was pre-booking the ticket I, I did leave it quite late I left it until July and I was like oh it's gonna be very 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 expensive but I managed to get a train ticket for about 60 pounds getting up here which you know sort of at that point is quite good yeah but the uh, only catch is that I had to take a train at 6.15 in the morning. <laughs> How is that? Was there anyone else on board? It was really quiet. I don't understand that that time of day exists. You know, it's, it was really quiet to begin with. It was really nice. Um, and then, of course, it did gradually fill up. But, but ultimately, it meant that I did just have two seats to myself the entire like five-hour journey, which was beautiful. Um but yeah, it was it was it was particularly challenging because, of course, um, the final night I had in London for a month, of course, I didn't go to bed at a reasonable time. Like I, in fact, um, done a, my final work in progress of the show I'm now doing at the <laughs> festival at the bar a minute from my house, uh, which was attended by everyone I work with in my day job at a coffee shop. And we all love a drink anyway. <laughs> There was a point actually where I was just like standing outside the pub and I'd had my McDonald's delivery that I'd that I'd ordered in order to send myself home more than anything. You know, I very much was just like, I'm going to get McDonald's delivery. That'll mean I have to go home. It'll soak up some of the booze and then I'll finish packing and I'll go to sleep. And it's about one in the morning by this point. But I live less than a minute away from this bar. So what I did is I just went up to my door. I went, hi, that's for me. Grabbed my delivery and then just went and stand, stood outside the bar for longer. <laughs> Considered, continued chatting for the rest of the evening <laughs> and then got up at 5 a.m. Yeah. And, I, and you know how I've been wondering why I've been so tired so far this fringe. <laughs> I think we might have solved it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You probably would have just stayed awake. Yeah fretting about fringe anyway so i think you you, you did it well yeah i, I, yeah, I was it. in bed at a reasonable time but that was the the full extent of it because we <laughs> travel a lot for comedy yes. and i think london manchester is probably where i've seen the biggest hitch in buying on the day i think i paid 120 pounds it's insane recently which doesn't feel fair because no. you can go to amsterdam on a plane <laughs> Yeah, for thirty pound return, it's like I don't understand how they're calculating this. I've just very much gotten the habit when I'm traveling most places of of taking coaches, and it isn't always pleasant. But the savings, <laughs> the bargain. What's I can the best get. coach you've ever been on? Uh, What's the worst coach you've ever been on? Oh, I think I've actually <laughs> been fairly fortunate. I've not, you know, I, I suppose because, because you just think you just think of coach horror stories, and I've been I've been okay. <laughs> I'm also very tall, and I don't think I look that approachable <laughs> to scary people. <laughs> you got your you had your food confiscated though. Oh right, yes, and that was actually the coach I was I was thinking of. So so yeah, <laughs> went to uh, Chippenham to do a show at Chippenham Comedy Festival at the end of June. Uh, and I got it's so my- glamorous, isn't it? Comedy. <laughs> I had a nice time. It was great. Um, but I, yeah, so I I just I just gotten the katsu curry on the way, and I was like, yes, I'm doing so well. I've got here in time to get this. I'm treating myself to this. My coaches cost less than three pounds. I'm absolutely killing this. What a bargain! And then I got to the coach station, and it was only because I I think I drew the driver's attention to myself to go. I'm getting on the coach but I do have a ticket because he wasn't looking that that he noticed that I was there and I had a bag from the chain wasabi in my hand. And he was like, what's that? And he realized it was hot food. And so he made me store it under the coach. 
that's so mean it was really i was like no i promise i won't eat it like he's like you know also he's like yeah well it's gonna smell but you know on to the on the other hand someone could have a cold tuna sandwich that would smell i would say objectively worse yeah you can't police smells like food smells and where does it end what if people just smell well exactly and just go well yeah they, they have to ride under the coach <laughs> Collide yeah them. i'm not here for that <laughs> no i've been surprised by how good coaches have been yeah recently. They're, they're decent. some of the national expresses are amazing because i don't think you've been in the uk 10 years yes i have yeah. do you remember megabus gold I remember the concept, but I think it was that at the time that that was a thing. I probably didn't have as much reason to take coaches. So yeah, because uh, listeners uh, who remember Megabus, it was very exciting at the time. You could go from Cardiff to London for ninety nine p, and to loads of other places for less than a pound, right? And these fears did exist, but you were travelling on school buses that had seen better days. But then they introduced, if you wanted to pay five pound, Megabus Gold, where you got some weird level of. Catering, oh. but it was entirely based on, I guess, what was about to be thrown away in a cash and carry. So there was a lot of iron brew, like <laughs> mini cans of iron brew. And quite frequently on the London Cardiff route, the bus driver would come around with a Tupperware full of cakes. And I'm not sure if that was part of the catering or if his wife had made them. <sighs> it was just a really weird vibe. That's incredible. <laughs> So it was a very odd experience, but uh, you got bigger windows and a bigger seat and you're like, you felt like a baller. Well, as much as anyone on a coach for four hours can feel like a baller. Yeah, I miss Megabus girls. Um, I've recently <laughs> uh, started to explore things such as Flixbus because you do reach a point where you're when you're taking coaches all the time where you're like, I think I can do better than 1099 for a coach. And you start looking at other <laughs> options. Um, I've not been <laughs> in a good financial position. <laughs> so... Yeah, so so Flixbus, I, I feel like their 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 um mission statement is we turn up sometimes. <laughs> like I feel like they're very much they're very much. I can't even recall whether or not I've actually been on a Flixbus. I know I booked a couple, and I know that at least one of them has been cancelled extremely last minute, thus making me make other plans. Um, so like it's a travel scratch card. Like sometimes you win, sometimes you don't, but it's yeah. so cheap. <laughs> I think that was maybe. Yeah, I think that was maybe the last time I went to Manchester that 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 I was meant to take one of those, and it just got cancelled so extremely last minute. Um, on my way back, actually, but I had a whole I had a whole plan, and I'm very much about plans at the moment. I had a very I had a whole plan on on my way back from Chippenham, um, this this place that I had my curry confiscated for the space of the trip, <laughs> where I was like, okay, it's where is it? Okay, cool, it's near Bristol, it's near Bath. I don't want to pay for a train back. It's near Bristol, it's near Bath. I'm going to take a train to to i believe bristol is the one i settled on i'm gonna take a train after the show to bristol and then i will take a coach back from there and i'm gonna have to navigate a city that i don't know all in the interest of savings <laughs> and what did i end up doing vix we got the train back together we got the train back together uh, yeah. we sold more tickets yeah we sold more tickets than we expected so we thought as a treat yes. uh, we just buy a completely new train <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean I'm, I'm not gonna say that i'm that i'm i'm inspirational in terms of money savings but the intention is there <laughs> and we spent a lot of money on Sainsbury's in snacks so uh... oh, yeah oh my god we had so many snacks 
so many snacks. Yeah, I'm not sure we're doing this right, but we're trying our best. We are. We're trying our best. At moments, I think we do all right. (laughs) And what more can you hope for? (laughs) Exactly. We all must do our best. We we all have to try our best. Okay, what's your worst travel ripoff? What oh. stung you really hard? Oh well, I've had so I'm I am as you might gather from uh, the fact that I sound like this, not from and also <laughs> the fact that it's been alluded to that I've lived here for ten years. Where did I live before? I am from Ottawa, Canada. <laughs> oh, glamorous! Yeah, it's not, but. <laughs> I was actually speaking to someone last night who had been there and made a really specific reference to it. And I was like, what is happening? Because I don't expect, it is the capital of Canada, but I don't expect anyone to know it exists. I feel like I come from like almost an alternate universe where Ottawa is a place and here everyone's like, mm. um, so if you get out, no one talks about it. <laughs> it's There's just nothing to say. It is genuinely, genuinely nicknamed the city fun forgot. I do I do have a lot of love for it but it's something so I yeah as I am an international um I there there has stopped being a direct flight from London to Ottawa that was a sort of one of the side effects of the pandemic is just they 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 cut off uh the Air Canada plane AC888 which I miss every day, even though I only have to think about it about once a year. But it's, yeah, and so now when I go home, I have to travel via Toronto or Montreal. And that would be fine if I hadn't had a disaster every single time I've taken a connecting flight. Like, it's really (laughs) been nightmarish. And so um, I, yeah, so the first year that I had to take a connecting flight, um, I think on the way there, there was a little bit of a hitch, but it all turned out fine. On the way back... I ended up stranded in Montreal overnight. And so, of course, I then had to book a hotel. So that was uh, not not great for my wallet. <laughs> you know? not, no, not, ouch. Yeah, airport hotel as well. So definitely not going to be the best bargain that there is. Which, of course, I found the positive in. And I ended up seeing a friend I hadn't seen in years the next day. And it was really lovely. But still, it was, you know, that was just trying to make something nice out of what was quite a traumatic situation. Yeah, I've never, I've never had a flight... Uh, cancelled what do they do do they not pay for that or do you have to claim it back so yeah so well that brings me on to the to the other one so on my last trip home for christmas uh there had been some storms a few days earlier and bearing in mind it's canada and so they are used to snow for some reason it just made it so that 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 a bunch of flights got canceled and so i was in toronto to switch over and every single flight on the screen just was getting canceled one after the other one after the other one after the other and that was terrifying but it was most disheartening because i sort of i i got on to and bearing in mind as well that from toronto to ottawa it's like less than an hour flight so i was so close to being home after flying overseas but also impossibly far from home because there weren't any trains there weren't any coaches like there was no other way to get home and it's about a five hour drive so you know the idea of getting someone to pick me up was not a thing, particularly since it was icy roads. Um, so yeah, so I so I just was was stranded in the Toronto airport, um, and as were a million other people. Like it was really it was really strange. People were living in the airport for a few days, um, 
but yeah, one of the flights that I got on, because every single time I saw another one come up, I just tried to reschedule my flight to that. And it allowed me to do that because they knew it had been canceled. So I kept going, OK, what about this one? And then and then it would be like, no, that one is canceled as well. The most disheartening was the one that I actually literally sat on for about half an hour before they decided that it was canceled. I just don't understand how they get to that point and don't go. Just literally just don't don't leave. What has happened in this moment that you've yeah. decided? No, not now. Yeah, well, I, think, minds. I think that came to the point where, you know, a lot of the staff had been working so many hours. And of course, there's a legal limit to how many hours they could they can work. And so it passed that point and they hadn't left and therefore they couldn't or something like that. But then, of course, for those of us on the flight, ah, you know, like, and it was like, you know, sometimes you'll get on an airplane, you'll just kind of go, OK, cool. I'm very tired. I'm just going to doze off. You know, this is not moving quickly enough, but at some point it will start moving down the runway and then it'll take off. I don't need to be awake for this. And so I had done that. And then I woke up to the thing of being like, everyone, get off the plane, you know, and so that was um, tricky. So are we there? What? What happened? Yeah, exactly. What? <laughs> that was shorter than I thought. So, yeah. So then so that happened. There was another one that where it got, um, yeah, it got canceled right as all of us were waiting to board it which was also which was also troubling but yeah so so it ultimately ended up that I was on on Christmas day sitting in Toronto airport hoping for a flight to bring me home um but what was the point that I was trying to make here Vix um, <laughs> it was a, a holiday ripper <laughs> so, yeah, so that, of course another another airport hotel which was a lot of extra expense um and also just the emotional tax of it but then on the way back of course having been through all of this having been through this extremely like extremely tricky situation and going well at least I'm home at least I'm home. this is great as I headed back I was like okay well surely like karmically or something this will be fine and it was not um <laughs> where we ended up sort of again being you know sort of getting onto the plane and sitting on the plane but then the lights were a little bit weird and then ended we ended up being deplaned again and stuck in the airport for hours and it was about 11 p.m when we were meant to take off and so it was about five in the morning when they were like when they finally made a call and that that call was basically like we we okay we are going to have this flight but it will be too heavy with everyone who's meant to be on this flight and so uh so yeah so you have two one of two choices uh choice number one get on the plane get back to london superb choice number two uh get bumped to the next available flight but get about 1800 canadian dollars oh yeah and it i like was, the sound of that one i know it was really <laughs> tricky because it was just i was so tired and i and i was just like i ended up in a, this again this is like maybe not my best ever financial decision but i just wanted to be home and so i ended up taking the flight no, I think I, that's I think fair. i'm still happy with it it's like you know i oh that money would have been amazing but at the same time so was not sitting in an airport for who knows how much longer. Yeah, I do think sometimes the uh, the emotional cost will exceed any kind of saving. Yeah, absolutely. It was just like, you know, watching as everyone else, like I was very much, you know, just kind of, I knew that it was not the airport staff's problem. I knew that like, I knew none of this stuff was caused by anyone there. But a lot of the other people in the airport did not realize that. And so it was quite <laughs> tricky to listen to people be absolutely terrible to to anyone that they could see. I support your choice. Thank you. <laughs> That's all I ask. <laughs> 
what is the thing you buy every summer then? What's your essential summer purchase? Oh, so many things. <laughs> I would say, actually, this is very, very relevant at the moment because my my sort of thing, uh, again, coming back to Edinburgh Fringe, and I mean, I do this actually year round now, but it's always been, it's been a thing over the last number of years that the, on the first day of Edinburgh Fringe, I go and get my nails done. I go and get my nails done every single time. And I finally did that yesterday, which was not the first day of Edinburgh Fringe <laughs> because I've gotten fancier and fancier nails. And so it uh, costs more money and it takes more time. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like there's a sort of like, you know, there's a, sort of such a culture of, of going, oh, you know, I've done this thing. I deserve a little treat. And I very much live within that space all the time. <laughs> My life is a series of little treats. I treat it like a computer game. I'm like, I made it out of the house today. Treat yeah. time, which is economically problematic. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's really interesting because because it's like, I feel like there's a thing, particularly during the fringe, where basically we as people who do have day jobs, but also do stand up comedy, we have a month of getting to just be comedians, just to be full-time comedians, you know, constantly do what we love best. And so it feels very aspirational. And so you kind of think to yourself, what would this aspirational version of myself, what does the aspirational version of myself get? What does that person need in order to to, to be? And I feel like that's one of the things in Fringe that makes us end up spending way more money because we just end up going, yeah, but you know. <laughs> I've done a show today and it was really, it was really great. And therefore I deserve this lovely perfume. It's like the end of exams every day, isn't it? Yeah. Like that feeling you got at the end of your, your final yeah. exams, but on a daily basis. It's like, like we're literally doing what we love best <laughs> in the world. But of course it's very vulnerable because we are putting ourselves out there in a way that, you know, that people are constantly telling us is incredibly brave. And so, <laughs> but it is like, it's, it's sort of, yeah, there's an emotional sort of like, it's, it's, it's like, oh, this is not in any way complaint because like literally we have chosen to do this and it is the yeah. best thing, <laughs> but it, it does, it does feel like, you know, like I did so well at this thing and it was difficult, but even though I was literally doing all I ever want to do, but it was difficult because some people <laughs> didn't laugh enough at my little jokes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so real, yeah. so real. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that that is very much the, the the kind of thing, and so I think that we end up kind of rewarding ourselves probably more as a result. And considering how expensive fringe is to begin with, uh, I think it's also very easy to forget that there's a world outside of this. Oh yeah, I was so penny pinching all the way to August, and now I'm here. I'm like, yay! Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm Ten like, oh. here, five pence there. There's a part of my brain that's like, oh, my rent is due on the 14th. Let me make sure that I have enough money aside for that. But then I'm like, that's that's real Leslie's problem. It's not fringe Leslie's problem. But like, I'm sort of having to keep a sense of reality about Basically, it. Basically, I think what we're saying is uh, don't do stand-up comedy. <laughs> I mean, or do. It's fucking great. I mean, it's, yeah. Some, it some is amazing. But it, it don't do it if you want to ever have a lot of money or a secure financial future i think that's fair. yeah i think that's the mistake a lot, a lot of people make is coming to friend and expecting to <laughs> like I, I very much see it all as sort of money lost and so if i earn anything back i'm like oh my god <laughs> the streets are not paved with gold to say the least okay i'm my, my first because i'm on the free fringe and so basically the, the way the free fringe works is you do a show for free but then you can say and it's not necessarily encouraged. <laughs> you can say, oh, this is free to come in. But, you know, um, 
it is expensive to do a show and just sort of explain that i have decided to do this by way of adding a new verse to the song money 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 by abba which feels very kind of weirdly on brand for being on this financial podcast in a way um (laughs) there is there is a little bit of a money theme throughout my show which is i mean my mom's a banker but it it didn't teach me anything uh she isn't she's retired now but she was a personal banker by the way not not the evil kind um but yeah so financial advisor um but yeah so so um I uh yeah so and so 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 since I'm doing a free show I can I can then go hi if you if you want to give me any money who am I to say no you know <laughs> normally shows cost 15 to 20 pounds you know like there's that sort of thing and some people are really good at it and I've never been very good at it but I I can tell I've improved at it because I get more money in my bucket like that I used and to when I first started doing shows via song so yeah which is terrifying because <laughs> like I love then. singing but actually like singing in front of a room of anywhere up to 10 people is <laughs> quite I feel like it's a very small space to just have me in a karaoke track <laughs> <laughs> So on that subject, if people want to be the 11th person hearing you sing a version of Money, 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 uh, where can we find you? Uh, I am at Cannon's Gate at 2pm up until the 27th, not on Tuesdays. So if people are in Edinburgh, that's where if they like the sound of your voice and they want to hear more, but they are making the sensible economic decision to go to the Bahamas instead with the money they save, where can they find you online? I'm Rainbow Ziggy on Instagram and Twitter. Or on Facebook, I have a page, which I do not use enough, that is under my own name, Leslie Ewing Burgess. Uh, Look at the show description for the spelling of that, because you will not guess it. (laughs) There's a lot of letters going on there. Okay, brilliant. Uh, Thank you so much for taking some time out of your Edinburgh Fringe chat to us. And that is the end of our little summer special, False Economy. Uh, We will be back next week talking to a new guest about this summer festival savings. You have been absolutely lovely to listen this much. I talk way too much over the summer festival season. And as a result, I sound like I'm talking nonsense. Am I even saying words? Who knows? Now, if you have been happy with the quality of this podcast, please tell all of your friends and family. If you haven't been happy with it, tell your enemies so they can waste 20 minutes with me. Um, Obviously, as per usual, if you're not happy with it, you can get a full refund. Terms and conditions apply. This has been False Economy. (laughs) 